Welcome to Meditatio Podcast brought to you by WCCM. I'm Leonardo and this is our October edition. In this program we are going to talk about a message from Father Lawrence on Bonvaux, the new home for WCCM, a gathering of Christian contemplative leaders in Colorado, USA, and an interview with a meditator Golden Meadow at the Paralympics in Rio. Thanks for downloading and I hope you like it. Hello my friends. Our community is working to have a new home, a new international center in Bonnevaux, France. And to make this project a reality, we need uh, a help, a help from the global community. Father Lawrence just finished a visit to the Caribbean and sent us a message about Bonnevaux. That's one of the most significant uh, ways we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the community is to uh, have found a new home, a new center for our community. It's in a beautiful place called Bonvaux near Poitiers in France. It's a good location, it's uh, easy to reach and yet has a wonderful sense of peace and contemplative tranquility about it. When I first saw it, I must say I fell in love with it uh, not only its physical beauty, but after a while I realized it was also because there's been a uh, place of contemplation there uh, since the 12th century when Benedictine monks uh, established a monastery there until the end of the 18th century. So in some ways we're, we're re restoring and rebuilding an ancient place of contemplation. For us it's going to be a home, our first permanent home, where all meditators can feel welcome, they can come to deepen their journey, they can come to take part in enriching events and programs, uh, where we will also be able to train our leaders for the future. I've just finished a wonderful visit to the Caribbean, in the third world part of the Caribbean, and uh, the enthusiasm, the interest in Bonvo and the determination to be able to come there on pilgrimage was was very strong and very encouraging. Any center like this also has to be aware of its role in the world, not only for our community, but we hope that Bonvo will be a center of contemplation in a world that is in dire need of, of contemplation and justice and peace. And inner peace is, of course, the basis of all external peace. John Main believed that contemplation is the ground and the foundation of civilization. So we hope that Bonvo is going to be able to fulfill this potential, both for the community and as our way of serving our troubled world. So I want to ask you to feel that this is your home, it is part of your, your journey, part of your community. I'd also like to ask you to participate in it and to contribute to it uh, in whatever way you can. There's a wonderful program underway whereby all the Christian meditation groups around the world are going to contribute an average of $100 towards a scholarship fund. And that's going to allow people from poorer parts of the world to, to come and visit. But we also need significant uh, funds in order to develop the building and do renovation. And so I'm hoping that you will feel that you can contribute to that, that you be happy to contribute to that and I look forward to seeing you at Bombo one day. Thank you and please visit our new website, the Bombo 
WCCM website uh, where you'll see more information and more photos and more of the vision of what our new home and new centre is for. Thank you. Please keep it in your heart. You can know more about the project of the new centre in Bonvaux at the special website bonvauxwccm.org altogether bonvauxwccm.org Early in October, a group of Christian contemplative leaders met in Snowmass, Colorado. They were Thomas Keating, Tilden Edwards, Richard Hoare, and Lawrence Freeman. So we're going to listen now to a short message by Richard, Lawrence, and Thomas at the end of that meeting. We've just concluded here in Colorado a wonderful gathering of four leaders of different contemplative organizations, myself, Thomas Keating, Lawrence Freeman, Tilden Edwards. And it's really been a, a gracious time of sharing our commitment to the contemplative vision, to working together as friends and partners, and to quickly inviting in, hopefully, people of the next generation that can pass on the wisdom that we know we've been given to the next generation. Thank you for sending your prayers our way. Maybe the other brothers have something to say. Yes, it's been a wonderful meeting uh, in the spectacular surroundings with the mountains around us, uh, with this contemplative community here at Snowmass. Uh, it reminded me of how important uh, friendship is to the spiritual journey. It's an indispensable part of our personal and communal journey. And uh, we discovered how much, or rediscovered really, and articulated how much uh, we have in common, what unites us both at the source of our different uh, communities and different ways of working, and our goal, our, the source and the goal are the same. And out of this came, I think, a, a vision that we need to uh, open up new channels of communication for the contemplative wisdom for our time, We live uh, in a dangerous world and in a suffering world and we all agree that this contemplative wisdom is deeply needed uh, and will be deeply welcomed by uh, our world, both religious and non-religious. And for that reason we need a younger generation to collaborate with us and to take this message forward. Well, after these beautiful uh, summaries, there's not... Uh, <laughs> anything I can really add except uh, my own uh, deep sense of the movement of, of the Holy Spirit among us and with us. I really didn't think I would live this long to see a meeting like this. <laughs> We're glad you did. Yes, thank you for, for bringing us together. <laughs> and uh, so I feel that we're in the being uh, guided and inspired by the Spirit who is trying to reform the whole church of all the levels and also to, to heal the many wounds that this world is suffering from, a lack of knowing the love of God for each of us and every other human being. So we want to preach the gospel by uh, re renewing our own and uh, contemplative life. And, 
and sharing it as far as we can uh, as, uh, to those who are willing to bring into the world that once again the good news that God is love and that he loves each of us and dwells within us and is inviting every human being into the extraordinary divine life and sharing of all that God is that can be communicated to a human being. So please keep this event or our next stage in your kind prayers. You can watch this message in video format at our website wccm.org. Our next topic is an interview with Kate Kelly, para-athlete, golden medal at the Rio Paralympics this year. She is a meditator from Australia and uh, she has a degenerative disease known as Usher syndrome. Katie was declared legally blind in February 2015, and then she decided to compete at the Rio Paralympics in para-triathlon, which means running, cycling, and swimming. And she won, she won the golden medal. So we're going to listen uh, now to a short conversation about her experience in Rio and also about uh, the importance of meditation in her life. So I've been training to go to the Rio Paralympics for about two years in paratriathlon. Uh, I compete in the PT5, which is the vision-impaired category, yeah. and I compete with a guide because I've got um, very tunnel vision, so I'm losing my peripheral due to a degenerative condition that I have called Usher syndrome. Yes. And um, yeah. so to, to, you know, eventually... Um, to make the Australian team and then to um, be selected to go to the Paralympics in the sport of paratriathlon, which was debuting at Rio, in itself was just incredible. And then to find myself on the start line there at Copacabana Beach is something I never imagined, um, although I've always been very fit and active, but to be there on, on that elite, you know, the top level of the sport. Yes. And then, you know, you always focus on the... On the um, doing the process as well and and for me I was very driven by just wanting to execute a race I knew I could I didn't want any regrets uh, you know so many people have supported me on this and and so it wasn't really the, that that was more my pressure more than any more than everyone was saying you know I had a good chance of gold and mm. um and so then to find yourself in a position where you you've actually won the race Yes. It was just incredible. Like it, you, you sort of imagine it, but um, you don't like to think about it too much, you know. But for it to all to happen and to come together like it was, it was just incredible. Like the, uh, for me, the emotions were around. Uh, I was relieved that it was over because it had been so intense, and then just disbelief when I was holding that banner and I, and I thought, this is the moment I've done it. Mm. Yes, and, and it was very fast. Now, since uh, the beginning, you started less than two years since you decided to try to go to the Paralympics and, and the Golden Medal. So, w what changed for you now? Do you think do you feel like a celebrity? How are you managing to know with this thing about the media and interviews? And I, I guess for me, um, the, 
when this opportunity came about for me to participate in Power Triathlon, where it's part of an elite program and supported by Triathlon Australia and supported by the Australian Institute of Sport, you know, it, for me, uh, there's a lot of things I've done in my life. Um, I've always been very passionate about sports, but I've also been very passionate about, I think, um, you know, helping people with disabilities play sports. And so through that, I've just built up a wonderful network of, um, you know, companies and, and people that I've worked with. And it's just been so um, wonderful how it's t- done a full circle. And somebody said to me the other day, it's sort of like about what's in your hand. And, and for me, winning gold has given me this amazing platform to to reach out to people, to advocate my passion around access for people with disabilities to play sport and to give back. I mean, automatically, I just think this wonderful opportunity has come my way through the hard work of people before me. Yeah. So I'm very much obligated, I feel obligated in, in, in a good way. Of, you know, I'm very motivated to just do what I can to, to give back to sports and, and looking to set up my own foundation that will help kids play sport that have a disability. So uh, speaking about meditation, what's the importance of meditation for you? Um, I came into meditation probably in my early 30s, um, and it was through my auntie, um, who was a Christian nun and had a great influence on me. Um, she was very gentle and, you know, that it could be something that I might like to do. And then through that, I, I came across Lawrence Freeman, an Australian Christian meditation group. And for me, it's just, you know, exercise and training is a big part of my day. And likewise, meditation is. It's my... Um, um, I find that when I'm not in regularly meditating, I get distracted and I'm not focused on the things that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got the, the, line, uh, the, the, the book, the daily meditation book. And, you know, I'm... A, probably a bit like many of I sort of go through stages but it certainly um, you know it's it's such a comfort to know that I have that because when I'm struggling and and I get in a good routine Mm. it really um, you know it gives me good balance and perspective Mm. Um, and then I've also joined been part of some Christian meditation groups in Sydney um, and Newcastle Mm-hmm. In, in, in New South Wales and in Canberra um, there's also a group here where I am at the ACT so um, I, I'm always seeking out that community and it, it's just another good you know lovely aspect of my life that I have that completely removed from my professional life and from triathlon mm-hmm. and, and and during these t- times of competition and, and travel uh, can you uh, you you able to, to keep your daily practice your meditation practice I am, and, and sometimes that's when I'm uh, probably uh, do do it more regularly when I'm in a very um, intense training block. So more recently, I was in in Florida, and I took my my book with me, and and even the morning of my race, I was up early at 6 a.m. and I was overlooking Cocabana Beach, and you know I did a meditation, and um, I was watching some Lawrence Freeman uh, videos that week that were on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it, it's just great. It's something that is always there and, you know, it's fantastic the technology you guys have developed with podcasts and mm-hmm. YouTube videos so that you can pick up things if you miss out um, and just keep it as part of 
your daily routine. So yeah, for me, it's um, it's particularly something I like to try and get get up in the morning and do. And sometimes when I'm working at lunchtime, I find it's a good time. I go and sit in the park and and just get my you know 20 minutes or so in. We're going to finish the podcast with some experimental music. Uh, this is a kind of interesting project from Argentina. It's called the Kyoto Connection, and uh, I use in some previous podcasts. Uh, this song was made with soundscapes from Kyoto City in Japan. The song's name is Meditation Lee. Thanks for listening, Meditasu Podcast. Bye bye. <laughs>